0: It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the Word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the Word. Today, I am provoked by God to teach something concerning designing the harvests. The harvests okay? Designing the harvests. That's an interesting conversation I want to have with you today. Because with designing the harvests, comes the wisdom to receive, to function in, to walk in, to get a hold of all that God has promised you. You see, we have people who say, ah, you know, Do you think you're going to get everything God has promised? What does the Bible say? The Bible says that all the promises of God in Him are what? Yes, and Amen to the glory of the Father. All the promises of God in Him are yeah, and in Him, Amen, and to the glory of the Father. What does that mean? It means that God has intended. For you to live in, to walk in, to function, to get a hold of, to receive all that he has promised through Christ. Somebody shout hallelujah. And the Lord started to show me a wonderful revelation of designing the harvests. And I'm going to show you how to design, to seize, to get a hold of, to allow the harvests that God has prepared ahead of you to work for you. Somebody shout hallelujah. We have read before in Genesis eight twenty two that while the earth remaineth seed time and harvest, cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night, they shall not cease. Seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. I've repeated that three times for emphasis. For as long as the earth remaineth, they shall not cease. And I've said this before, for those of you who have been following for some time, that you have control over those two, seed time and harvest. But you have no control over cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. That you might not have control over. But you have control over seed time and harvest. You see And I've seen people apply themselves in seed time. I've taught the mystery of how to function in seed time. okay? One of the things is to learn to be our faithful giver as the principles of God that have been given. The heart is made up in that. It's not a coercion, it's not out of necessity, it's not manipulated. It's not out of the deception of God has told me you should what you have not heard from God to do. But there's even a deeper one. The Bible says in Luke 8, 11, that the parable is that the seed is the word of God. So the Bible says seed time and harvest. Most importantly, this is the most primal. This is the deepest one. This is the principal one that the seed is the word of God. The other things that we call seed in our giving are secondary. Our primary one is the word. You see? Now, you have a believer who sits in a sermon. Some of you are faithful in the word. You don't miss your Thursdays. You don't miss your Sundays. You don't miss your devotionals. You don't miss your conferences. Everywhere you are, of course, we have those ones who listen once in a while, who pray once in a while, who attend service once in a while. You know, they're like that. You see? And if you're that kind of person, take your salvation serious. Take your salvation serious. Because Satan doesn't, he's not joking. He's serious. You see? He's serious about destroying you, he's serious about stealing from you, he's serious about killing you. Are we together? But then you have these believers who are faithful, like I said, they read the word. They do whatever the word desires. They're trying their level best. I've not missed this. I've not missed that. I'm there. You see, this is sit time. I'm applying myself to the word, but I've not yet seen the results of what I apply myself to every day. I have not seen the results of what I attend every day. I've not seen the answers of the things that I've listened to every day. What am I missing, pastor? I see my neighbor is working for them. They're married. I see my neighbor. It's working for them. They got a job last time. I see my friend. We go to church together. And the other day I heard she got this wonderful, you know, contract. And then she's earning billions and billions of shillings or millions and millions of dollars. And I've seen it myself. The other day, church member came and showed me a contract. My jaw dropped. I had to put it back because I knew who she was a few years ago. And I was like, this is the gospel. See, but... I also recognize that there are people out there who are still trying. They're trying their level best. Or perhaps you also have had results in your life, but you quite have not seen what you feel. You see, we also have that class of people. Not that the Lord has not blessed me, but I feel there is more. Not that the Lord has not prospered me, but I feel that there is more. Not that the Lord has not used me, but I feel there is more. Seed time, I'm seeding. I'm doing my time. I am speaking the word, confessing it. It's part of seed time. I'm listening to the word. I put the summons on in the car, in my house every time. I'm there. I'm seeding. I'm giving physically. I'm helping the poor. I'm doing all these kinds of things. But I don't see our harvest as I should. I want to give you some wisdom. And it begins with this indisputable law that there cannot be seed time without harvest. The question is that why is it that some of us do not See harvest, even when we have seeded. Some people say, oh, you know, if you plant, you will reap. That's true. But anybody who has lived long enough bears witness that there are people who have planted seed in the ground and it has not grown. Because there is a deeper conversation of the conditions, the circumstances under which you have sown this seed. Isn't it? If you get a seed, and put it in a stony ground, what happens? It's true, you plant it. You see? You put it in a stony ground, what happens? It will not have enough roots if it will bud. You see? And eventually, it will die. You see what I'm saying? You cannot get a seed and put it on concrete or plant it in concrete. It's also planting. But the circumstances are important. Some of us went to school and did germination. It's primary science. You remember? Conditions necessary to make a plant grow. What were the conditions? Light. What's the other condition? Water. What's the other condition? Aha. Uh-huh. You see? All of those are elements. Like it is in the physical world, so it is with the spiritual world. There are things in the spirit realm that like for the seed in the physical, are like water, are like Light. I like the ground. You see what I'm saying? Those are typifications. So yes, I sow, but I don't see the reaping or the harvest. Now when you go back biblical history, let's go to Jewish culture. In how God related with Israel, He had a deliberate understanding to give Israel concerning what it meant to live in the harvest. In fact, When you study the whole idea of harvests, you realize that God even accorded different feasts on certain harvest times. And that was a deliberate thing. Harvest time was a time of joy. It was a time when people were happy. Why? Because whatever they had put in that ground had come out. If you read the Bible in Isaiah, the ninth chapter, the third verse, amplified version, it says, You, O Lord, have multiplied the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you like the joy in the harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil of battle. They rejoice before you like the joy in the harvest. Harvest is supposed to be a time of rejoicing. And I want you to keep a mental note because I'm going to come back to that portion of Scripture a bit later. And so it was a very spiritual thing by God, even to Israel. For example, there were principles that governed harvests. There were principles that governed harvests. I'll give you one. In Leviticus, the 19th chapter, the 9th verse, The Bible says, And when you reap the harvest of your land, thou shalt not wholly reap the corners of thy field, neither shalt thou gather the gleanings of thy harvest. And thou shalt not glean thine vineyard, neither shalt thou gather every grape of thine vineyard, for thou shalt leave them for the poor and stranger. And he says, I'm the Lord your God. He says, For any man who functions in the power or who designs a harvest, Or who has been given a harvest? That man should know that even in the reaping, there are things that man is not supposed to glean. When you're clearing your field for a harvest, there are things you're not supposed to touch. Because in that field, there is a portion for the poor, there is a portion for the stranger. In Deuteronomy 24, verses 19, when you cut down your harvest in your field and has for God a sheaf in the field, you shall not go again to fetch it. It shall be for the stranger, for the fatherless, which is the orphan, for the widow, that the Lord thy God may bless thee in all the work of your hands. It was a deliberate mind of God that there are things that they used to leave in the harvest for those people, for the poor, for the stranger, for the orphan, for the widow. Directly implying that when you have an understanding of a harvest, when you design that you are in a harvest, don't forget the poor. Don't forget the stranger. Don't forget the widow. Don't forget the poor. Folk who have money, who have made wealth, it doesn't matter where you are or how much you make, but I'm talking about hard-earned money in the right means. If you want the blessing of God to function more uniquely on your life than anybody else around you. Go beyond what you do for your tithings and all these things. Remember the poor in every harvest. Or at least whenever a harvest comes, you must know that not everything you earn in a month is yours. Not everything you earn in a year is yours. He used to say that sometimes some of the crops used to even fall and some people were so selfish that they used to go back to pick even that which had fallen and he said, "Uh -uh, do not forget it. When I give you a harvest, I count a poor man in your harvest. I count an orphan in your harvest. I count a stranger in your harvest and I count a widow in your harvest. And For those of you who have been in Fonero for so long, you realize that those four people, by mandate in this ministry, we give to every month. It's deliberate. It's a secret. Why? Because we recognize by faith that we are dealing under the principle of a harvest. Individually. You see, you don't even need to give much, but give something. Give something. And as your faith grows, then you learn to give much. But begin with something. Some of you are too selfish. Do you want to know one of the signs that proves that you're selfish? Can I tell it to you? You never have enough and you find yourself borrowing every time. That's a selfish person. Some of you, you're so indebted. Your debt is too much. So you ask yourself how did you get into that place of debt? You're a giver. God should have multiplied your seed. You see what I'm saying? If you do other principles, there are things God will not. Or at least, if there is a debt on your life, you should be able to finance it effortlessly. I know people who are earning less than how much is owed. I pray for you. May God help you. It's not an easy life. Somebody shout hallelujah. I'll give you another principle. Leviticus 23 verses 10. The Bible says, "Speak unto the children of Israel, and say to them, When ye be come into the land which I give you, and you shall reap the harvest thereof, then thou shalt bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest." Let me explain what that means. Any man who understands the principle of first fruit understands or designs the mystery of the harvest. If you know that you have a harvest by God, you will always honor your. Fast fruits. And this we do because He, God, has laid those principles down fundamentally, deliberately for us to be successful. God does not need our money. God does not need your grapes. God does not need your olives. He does not need your wheat or barley. You see what I'm saying? He's not poor, He does not lack. But He has put principles for us to learn to follow. So when the Bible tells you that every time you make a harvest, get a sheaf of the first fruits and take it to the house of the Lord, He's saying, you doing that tells me that you recognize harvest time. You recognize the harvest. You design the harvests. You understand the power of reaping. You understand the glory of receiving from me. Only what God can give you. And no man. Are you following what I'm saying? Not only that, if I can go deeper, harvests also signified, when you study biblical history, destiny-defining moments. Destiny-defining moments. So several destiny-defining moments happened in harvest time. I'll give you an example. Ruth chapter 1, verses 22. You remember the story of Naomi and Ruth? How Ruth follows Naomi? The Bible tells us in verses 22, So Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of the what? The barley harvest. You see, at the beginning of the barley harvest, they came to what? To Bethlehem. And how many of you know the story that follows after that? Isn't that the time Ruth encounters who? Boaz at the threshing floor and then destiny is defined. And that's how that transaction that connects roots into the lineage of Jesus Christ is needed. It's a unique thing. There's a reason why it comes in the time of the harvest. In First Samuel, the sixth chapter, the 13th verse, if you recall, the Philistines had taken the Ark of the Covenant, the glory and presence of Israel had left. And so eventually, it became disaster and death to them. And then they surrender and say, we need to return this ark. The Bible tells us in the 13th verse, and they of Beth Shemesh were reaping their wheat harvest in the valley and they lifted up their eyes and saw the ark and rejoiced to see it. You see, that was a very defining moment of destiny for the nation of Israel. Why? Because the presence of God had returned back to Israel. If you're a student of the word and continue to study, you can see many, 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 many experiences, upon experiences, when God defines destinies in the times of harvests. Somebody shout hallelujah. So, to teach about this, to emphasize about this, is more than just understanding how it works but how to apply ourselves such that wherever there's been seed time in word confession, in whatever you've been hearing, in your giving, you might see some sort of what? Harvest. Why would God, like I said in the beginning, position harvests in times of feasts? How many know actually that the Passover feast happened in the time of the harvesting of barley. Then, seven weeks later, was the Feast of Pentecost, which also happens in the harvest of wheat. So, grain began all through from about April until about July. And then, in August, we see other feasts as well follow Feast of Tabernacle and the rest. And in August, it was fruits and a few vegetables all through to September. The first months of harvest were grains. God accorded the major feasts within the times of harvests. Because feasts are inseparable to harvests. Somebody shout hallelujah. And then I start to see this mystery in the New Testament dispensation, in the Acts chapter 2, if those of us who know it, in the day of Pentecost, as it had come, when all of them, the Bible says, were in one accord and one place. And I don't want you to forget, like I said, Pentecost, happened in the same time of the harvest of wheat. You see, don't forget that. So in the day of Pentecost, the Bible says when it was fully come, there must have been a harvest. The Bible says they were all in one accord and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing of mighty wind and it filled all oh, the house where they were sitting and they appeared and to them cloven tongues of fire and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Then you ask me, where are you going? Okay, first underline that the infill of the Holy Spirit as regards to how we understand the New Testament experience happens in a time of a harvest. Now, let me open this up for you. In Exodus the 23rd chapter if you read from the 16th verse God tells the children of Israel And the feast of harvest the first fruits of thy labors which thou hast sown in the field and the feast of ingathering which is in the end of the year when thou shalt gather in thine labors out of the field thou shalt what shall do The amplified version says you shall keep The feast of the harvest, which is what? In brackets, it has Pentecost. Acknowledging the first fruit of your toil, of what you have sown in the field. And third, you shall keep the feast of in gathering, the boots or tabernacles at the end of the year when you gather in the fruit of your labors from the field. Now, I want you to underline in your head that word called, you shall keep the feast. You shall keep the feast, the harvest, which is Pentecost. And then fast forward, okay, to where I was at in the book of Acts. The children of Israel are filled with the Holy Spirit, baptised the disciples as they were in the upper room on the feast of Pentecost, which was a harvest of wheat significantly. And then the church begins as we know it. Jesus is ascended. The disciples do their work. Paul comes through and many other people that come through. And then the church goes through some sort of persecution. Why? Because they were breaking the order of Rome. And from Nero to Diocletian, 10 emperors that follow after the ascension of Jesus Christ, all persecuted the church of Jesus Christ and wasted it. The church went underground. They hid in the catacombs. Some were burnt at stake, killed, falsely accused you know, of uh, eating human beings and many other things happened. It was a very hard time for the first 70 years after the ascension of Jesus Christ, AD. And in 70 AD, those of us who read history, the temple was destroyed. Israel as a nation was broken and it scattered. All the sons and daughters of Israel scattered across the world. And when they scatter across the world, Israel is no more as a nation. But because they scatter with the oracles in Exodus 23, verse 16, even where they had not planted barley, they celebrated the feasts of Passover. Even where they had not planted wheat, they continued celebrating the feasts of Pentecost. Even where they had not planted olives or grapes or whatever it is or whatever fruit it was, by culture, the Jew continued celebrating all the feasts that came with the harvests of the ground, even when they were not planting or harvesting the very feasts. It became a culture, and every year, when it was the Feast of Pentecost, whether a man had planted or had not planted, they celebrated as though the harvest had what? Happened. In the Passover, whether they had planted barley or not planted barley, whether they had planted grain or not planted grain, They were scattered across the world. It was no longer a nation. But they still what? Celebrated the feasts. In 1948, by God's grace, Israel became a nation again. When Israel became a nation again and they came back together, eventually they could celebrate the feasts and the harvests like their fathers did. Who is understanding this message? Meaning that if Israel could celebrate a harvest even when they had not seen the fruit or seed of that harvest and continued celebrating that feast of harvest before they saw the harvest and thousands of years later, Israel becomes a nation and God fulfills what they were celebrating even when they had no wheat, no olive, no grape, no barley. God is saying, the reason why some of you cannot connect to the harvest I have given you, saith the Lord, is because When you did not see barley, you did not celebrate that feast. When you did not have olives, you did not celebrate that feast. When you did not see grapes, not planted, any vineyard, you did not celebrate that feast. And yet I'm not the God who understands you only from the place where you are able to celebrate what you have in your hands. No, I want to work with you and build a certain experience with you where even when you don't have a field, when the time of harvest comes, you celebrate as one which has a harvest. Even though you didn't plant barley, when the time of the harvest comes, you celebrate Passover. Even though you did not plant wheat, when the time of planting wheat comes, you celebrate Pentecost. The people that were in the upper room, if they were in the which season, they would not have ripped. They would not have ripped the experience of the infill of the Holy Spirit. These were men which were not celebrating what was without, yet they were in that season. And God chose to visit them in that season because He was not in what they were doing physically. He was in what they were celebrating spiritually. And He appeared that day. Let me make it simpler let's just say you don't have a job and your harvest is the job and exodus 23 says you shall keep the feast of people who have jobs that means even before the job comes speak like one who has a job rejoice like one who has a job celebrate like one who has a job talk like one who has a job believe like one who has a job function like one who has a job celebrate the feast eventually your 1948 will and what you celebrated by faith will eventually happen. Celebrate your harvest before it comes fizzy. (laughs) Who understands what I'm saying? This is what Israel discovered. Don't act married when you get married. Start talking like a married woman. Start behaving like a married woman that hanging out with married women, that's a person who has designed the harvest of marriage. If you learn, if you can learn that mystery, you'll celebrate the harvest of marriage even before a proposal, even before a text message, even before a high, even before a death. Oh! Because wherever you go every day in your mind, you go there one day in the body. That's just how God works. That is why some of you are stuck. You want marriage, but you look single. You talk single. You dress single. Your hair is single. Your shoes are single. Your accent is single. Your attitude is single. Your character is single. Everything about you is single. It's as if you live a single. Somebody shout glory to God. If you know that you are blessed by God, that you are a wealthy man, you should not have a minimum wage ethic. Give me my balance. You'll give me my balance. You'll give me my balance. I know it is 200, but it is my money. And then you get into a taxi and then they share a born again believer punching with somebody else. Why? Because the guy has refused to give you back your change. You want your 200. Oh, they might even remove your eye. What is 200 shillings? What is 1,000 shillings? Ask your neighbor. Do you design your harvest? If you know you're barren, sometimes when you're alone, do like this. (laughs) The Bible says the gospel is foolishness say, the Bible says it's foolishness to them which are perishing. But to us, it is the power of God unto salvation. Walk like a woman in a harvest. Don't walk like... No! Even you and your your greeting, do this. And then people start asking, are you pregnant? And then you ask them, you're asking. my goodness some of you are just not yet crazy enough if you have a brother with many car keys ask him for one and start walking with one come on somebody get an old car key that doesn't work and every time you go for meetings you put it on the table oh Ronald give me a lift yeah yeah I'll give you but my car is still under wash Needs a couple of hours. I'm not able to help you, but even now I'm going to leave it around. I'm going to take a border because I need to run my errands very quickly. That's a man who has designed his harvest. You're not alone. Israel did it for years. For thousands of years. Because God told them, keep the feasts. Tap somebody and tell them, keep the fists. Some of your conversation shows that COVID buried you. Even when they start talking, ah, COVID, we never survived. Why? Because you lost your job? You think heaven stopped functioning? No. Heaven is still functioning. And it's still releasing blessing. Upon blessing, upon blessing, just keep your... Feasts rejoice in the Lord. Let's go back to Psalms. Let's go back to Psalms. You remember what I spoke about? I told you keep a mental note there. He speaks of the joy in the harvest. Rejoicing as one which is in the harvest. That means don't lose the joy of someone who has. Even when you don't have yet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have fees. You've lost it. Keep the feast. Come and just start dancing and say, Father, I thank you. <laughs> because I have, <laughs> what I have fees. 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 That's a believer. Don't carry the sadness of people who fail to go to school. That's conflicting to the spirit realm. Keep your feast. Maybe you made a loss. Yes, but you still have your suits. Put them on. Spray yourself a little bit and walk in town like this. Oh, we had you made a loss. Which one? No, no, we had you lost about a billion shillings. Ah, that's nothing. I have way more. <laughs> you even laugh a bit. Even when you don't have money in your pocket, keep your face. You know some of you are serial narrators of calamity. When you start telling people your problems, it appears like a, a movie with seasons. Season one. Then I went to Matiana and then there, can you believe they even fired me? Oh, sorry. As though that's not enough, I that time, then somebody called me in Guru. And then I tried. I wish some of you understand, people are not interested in news stories. They don't even care. You think they do, but they don't. And it's worse for those of us who know God. Even Boas, the more, I hate listening to some stories. (laughs) And then they fired me. And then after that, my husband left. What do you want? I usually ask them. Because nothing you're narrating is going to take away what? And the God you come to receive from, through Apostle Grace, already knows it. Why don't you just tell a man of God what you want? Some of you think that by narrating your problems, you've made a good prayer request. You confuse prayer request with narrating your problems. Somebody's still saying, and then this one, and then this went, and then after that, this went, okay, what do you want? Wait, I'm still finishing. <laughs> and, and some of you don't know. Let me tell you something. Every time you're telling about your losses in life, do you know what's happening in hell? The way miracle happens and you scream. That's how talking about your problems is in hell. Every And then, they robbed all my money, and then the guys in hell scream. <laughs> then they even give each other a high five. <laughs> some demon touches his friend and does not Man, you're deep. Come on, you have. <laughs> so some of you, you are serial narrators of calamity. You know how to tell your problems well, and then after that, this happened. <laughs> I taste that enough, Apostle. So. I'm still... What do you want? I want all my family back. That's what we should pray for. Because nothing you narrate is going to bring anything back. Nothing. So, uh uh-huh, so what? Now you've told me. Am I God? No. God knows everything. Get straight to the issue and say command this, speak into this. I want this. That's what you want. The Bible says, make your requests known unto God. He didn't say, narrate your problems. He said, make your requests known unto God, not your problems. Even when you go to God, don't start, but God, you (laughs) even see. Now if my wife has left, me, what am I going to do? What's wrong with you? Make your requests made known to God. That's all he wants. Praise the Lord. But again, when you read Philippians, he says, with thanksgiving. Eh? Because you shouldn't lose your fist. No, no, let's read it again. Be careful for, but in everything by, and with, let your requests be known unto God. He did not say, make your requests known unto God, and then thank He said, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Who has understood the difference? Put up your hand if you have understood it. Thank you. So it means that when you go to God, don't say, give me a car. Made request. Thank you because you have given me a car. Thank you because... No, 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 no. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. Because even when you're requesting, He doesn't want you to lose the feast. He wants that joy to come through. He wants that thanksgiving to come through because every feast is a thanksgiving. Come on somebody. He wants you to say, Father, I thank you for my car. I thank you because it is red. I thank you because it has tan seats. I thank you because it's so traumatic. I thank you because it's a month of 2022. Oh, that's a man praying. But then we have Christians telling God, remember me. What demon is on you that God can forget you? Holy God, see. what demon spirit is on you that God can forget you that you're in the world? No, no, some people pray those prayers. Remember me. They even sing songs. Did you, get you remember me. <laughs> the Bible says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. A woman might forget her own child, but it says, But I can never forget you. And then you're telling God to remember you. Some of you don't know how heaven functions, you lost your fist. When the Spirit of God is on your life and you know what God has done in Christ, it doesn't matter what you don't have. You don't lose your joy. I've got joy, 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 joy oh my. In my heart. Joy overflow in my life. Come on, we're going to sing again. I've got joy, 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 joy. four. Verses 35. He said say not that there are four months and then comes the harvest. This is what he's saying. Don't say that I think I need two years to get married. Don't say that I think there are four months to get the job. Don't say that there are eight months to get the debt paid. Don't say out of prison no he says behold I say lift up your eyes and look on the fields for they are white and they are all ready to harvest this is what he's saying it takes spiritual blindness to see what God has already done and throw it in the future assuming it's coming because your physical eye has not yet seen it because by God Lift your eyes and see as it sees it. Because when you do, you will see that you are married. You will see that you have children already. You will see that your ministry is so big. You will see that your marriage, you're happy. You will see that your career is done. You will see that the miracle is done. You will see that healing is here. You'll see that deliverance is already there. You'll see that your breakthrough is already there. Now, if he says, send not, and then throw it in the future. He means there has to be a way you should say it. And he's saying this, but if your eyes will open to see that the fields are already white, the harvest is ready. You will learn to say as one who is in the harvest. I've got joy toy 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 overflow now that's like one in the harvest I Oh, you we are fighting. This is spiritual warfare. Dance yourself to health. Dance yourself to freedom. Dance yourself to liberty. Dance yourself to breakthrough. Dance yourself come on somebody speak in tongues we will not forget our feasts we cannot forget our feasts one day the world will see what you are singing over one day they will see why we danced like one man said, when they saw them dancing, they called them to be madmen because they were not hearing the music. But we hear sound telling us it is done. It is finished. 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 It is it's finished it's finished Prayers one with the harvest how does somebody who has received the harvest pray don't beg thank God don't plead receive come on let's pray la i know it is finished i know it is finished <speaking in Hebrew> Masala la 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 bo, zola la la di di bo, masaka zola bara, rapa degosia, masike tele bara, ro para la la le, zokore manto, masaka talapa, zala la lele bo, shika la la lele bo, mara go shika ta, sokara le, shiende masaka tele le, go sakata. Solalalala, Shalalelebo, Reca Sha ta la bale. Come on and sing it. Sing hallelujah. You have won the victory. won the victory. Sing hallelujah. Shalalalele bo. Sha la 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 la. Keep the feast. Masha sire re shikara re mo si carra re cosa sora alaba ro Victory! New Testament in the New Testament we no longer celebrate those feasts physical but we celebrate them spiritual because Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice And what they did physical in the New Testament became an experience, spiritual. And that is what happened at the infill in the upper room by the Holy Spirit. So our feasts of love are not what they do now physically. I'm not saying go back and start at the Passover and celebrate it like the Jews do no we've transitioned because in Christ there is neither Jew nor Gentile neither slave nor free but I'm saying keep the representation of that revelation don't lose your joy over what is not working don't lose your peace because you have not yet seen it suicide because a doctor gave you a report. Pastors don't give up because the church is not yet moving as you want to. No, stick on and harden. Dance in that church of two members like you have a million members. Eventually it will happen. Don't sit around conversation at the work of God in your life because you have come so far. It's already a miracle that you're still alive and breathing. Don't lose appetite because you had this thing that might not be changed tomorrow. Don't lose your sleep because they promised you they're going to fire you next week. Let them fire you. They're about to see the God you believe that is bigger than one appointment later. He's bigger than 12 job descriptions. Hallelujah. He's bigger than an annual raise. Hallelujah. And a balanced scorecard. Keep your joy. Keep your peace. Live in thanksgiving. Always live in thanksgiving. Even when it's not working. Thank him like it's working. Thank him like it's performing. Thank him like things are moving ask questions of why am I stuck? No. You're not stuck. Lift your eyes and see. It is not stalled. Lift your eyes and see. It is not dead. Lift your eyes and see. It is not broken. Lift your eyes and see. It has not failed. Lift your eyes and see. See through the lenses of God. And refuse to receive from what men say. This is what I have for somebody today. I don't care how bad they say it is in your life. God is not done. Because men are done with you, God is not done. Because some things are done with you, God is not done. Keep your fist. Keep your feast, keep your feast, keep your feast, keep rejoicing in your spirit, carry that peace that passes all understanding, let them ask themselves why you are happy, because you shouldn't. somebody shout hallelujah because they look at you and they think you shouldn't let them ask themselves why you are peaceful when you don't look like you should have peace let them ask themselves why you are at rest when you don't look like one who should have rest and some will say you don't care no it's not that you don't care you just care differently you see I have had moments in my personal life and the Lord is my witness where I've separated myself from everybody my wife child and everybody and I went in a secluded place and I started dancing because I'm overwhelmed I'm not telling you something I've not done some things can become so overwhelming But sometimes you just need a dance. And I don't need to play music. No. I don't want anybody to watch me because this is not for anybody. I remember one day I fell into some trouble. And I went in a dark room. I even closed myself. And I danced. I just remember sweating. And as I was dancing. I started to see things weaving themselves. And I can assure you, I came out. I came out. There is nothing so big for God. This is not the age of weeping. It's the age of grace and redemption. Understand what God has done in Christ Jesus. You will never lose peace another day. You will never lose joy another day. You will never carry sorrow another day. Even when some are weeping, they'll see you smiling. And they'll ask themselves, why is she smiling? Because you know God. Because you know God. You know, as we were dancing, I saw diseases flee. I saw people married. I saw barren people carrying children. As we were dancing, I saw people getting appointments. I saw a pastor's church breaking out. Hey! I saw people healing. If you're healed, put up your hands. See, look at those hands. Look at those hands. Yes. Hallelujah. God is not limited to how you think he works. Uh Uh-uh. He can walk through the craziest thing the craziest thing you could ever imagine and you can choose to reveal his glory through that So some of you think you were dancing. You were not just dancing You were keeping a feast (laughs) Salvation is fun If you are there and you've never given your life to Christ Welcome to the greatest feast in the world if you have never been born again and you say today I want to be born again repeat these words with me say Lord Jesus I thank you because you died for my sins and you were raised for my glory today I give you my heart and I receive you as my Lord and Savior I am born again Amen. This sermon has been brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number plus two five six two hundred triple nine four hundred or email us at info at fenero.org. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fenero Ministries International. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly. Weekly fellowships at the Uma Upper Gardens from 5 pm to 9 pm, and for our Sunday services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at the Uma Multipurpose Hall. finero Make manifest.